0: Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Good morning, everyone. You may be seated. Thank you. Thanks for the warm welcome. I think I'm going to have to move this over here and because my family have been laughing all morning because I fall off stuff. And so I'm thinking, this is a death trap waiting for me. This is like... And, uh, I, there's actually a reason I, I put point nose pliers through my eye when I was 20. So my eye doesn't, I sort of don't have an eye really, well, sort of. So I'm really bad with depth perception stuff. So yeah, you, you be, uh, there you go. Let's hope, Let's, if you're praying, you to see for that. I'm so uh, thrilled to be invited to be here. I remember that conversation with Christian so clearly. 11 years ago, we were sitting at the... Um, the pool at the French Quarter, Christian was visiting, we were staying there, and uh, and we were chatting, and he was telling me about what you guys were going to do, and we were sharing, and I said, I've got the perfect couple for you, and that's how that conversation all came about. Uh, I've been coming to Nusa all my life. Um, my dad, uh, my late dad, and my mum, I'm one of, there's seven of us, five kids, two, two parents, and, um, and we used to tow a 24-foot Chesney caravan, which they still have, actually. Uh, they got the caravan when my sister was born. She's 52. They still use it in lawn on, on, on the, on the uh, summer. And so we'd drive up. you know, when we schools were three terms and we would have the whole of the month in September in Noosa at the end, which is now Noosa Woods, was a caravan park, for those of you who've been here on that. That didn't exist. That was man-made. And we used to stay at the caravan park and there was a, um, I think Fair Shore existed and the general store, wow. and then we've watched it over the last 50 years become the amazing place it is now, and I think I've been here nearly every year of my life, very, very few yeah. that we've missed, and uh, there you go. How I haven't moved here yet, I don't know. <laughs> here I am, Lord, choose <laughs> me. So uh, thank you for having us, it's really great, it's a privilege to have my family, of course, it's, it's something about going to preach, which is awesome, but when your wife and your three beautiful daughters and your in-laws come with you, it's even more amazing. And uh, I just would like to acknowledge uh, Ella's here and, and Zach's somewhere and Noah's probably surfing. But uh, <laughs> you know, PKs, as so I have three, they they get a real unfair deal at times. And to see you guys so happy and full of life and in church and doing what you're doing, I'm really just so proud and thrilled. So would you thank these three kids? Give them a great <laughs> big. Uh, thanks, the other side of the unfairness and the unkindness is the awesome bits yeah. and the people you meet and the places you get to go. And so it's this incredible balance that we get to have. But there are bits that I think are um, sometimes unfair, like when Dad embarrasses you from the front, which I'm brilliant at and I'm looking forward to today. I'm not sure what'll all out. yet. Yeah, good luck, girls. And, uh, so here we go. So I've called this um, message, though, so Vicky, ready to go. Uh, yes. And when I did this, I was thinking, oh, hang on a minute. I'm not referring to referendum. Uh, that's, that's not referring to that at all. But just you do what you want to do there. But what I want to say here is I've really called it Give God You Yes. Give God You Yes. And I want to unpack that uh, a little bit more. In fact, about two years ago, I read this book. And it was by um, Shonda Rhimes, who is a script writer. And there's some of the movies that she has written. Uh, She's one of the richest people now in in America. She has, you know, some of the most amazing um, series that she is the author of. Uh, The book has quite a lot of language in it, so if that offends you, I wouldn't read it. Um, But it was a book that I I don't even know how I got my hands on. I think it was recommended to me. And I read it. In fact, I didn't. I listened to it on audiobooks because two years ago I was working just under an hour away from where we live, so I would drive two hours a day every day uh, of the, you know, of The week. I did that for five years. And so I discovered audiobooks. I've always been a reader, but audiobooks allowed me to, to listen all the time. And Shonda basically goes like this that it starts with her in the kitchen and she's talking to her sister. And she says to her sister that she was asked to go and speak at this certain thing. She said, I told them no, I, I just can't do it. And her sister said, You always say no. Now, she took great offense to it, and they had a big blue, as only sisters can do. And then she goes off, and she's driving home, and she's thinking about how unfair her sister is, and she just doesn't understand. And then it had that moment you know, how you have moments, and she went, I always say, I do always say, and she made a decision that for one year she would say yes. And her life dramatically changed and was impacted over that year from health things to relationship ideas to to books to to things that she wrote to places that she spoke to people that she met. It was really it's a really inspiring book about what a year of yes meant to her. And so I decided for that year, and I didn't really broadcast it to anyone, I just thought I would say yes as much as I possibly could. Just say yes. And it put me in places that I never expected. In fact, over the next 12 months, I changed jobs. We moved house. We, we live in a different place. I, I met with people that I'd never met before. I had conversations I never knew I was going to have. I, it was amazing. I even, again, I didn't broadcast with my kids. I thought, you know, so how often do they come and say, can we go and do such and such? And our immediate response is no. <laughs> no, it is. It's just I'm busy and, and I'd love to, but I'm tired and it's not going to work out. I thought, I'm just going to start saying yes a whole lot more. Just say yes. And it's amazing what just saying yes can do. The conversations you have, I say to my girls all the time, do it, just do it. Taylor will ring us and say, oh, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. Great idea, just do it. And she lives an amazing adventure, Andy. Andy was talking about being a beauty uh, beautician like uh, Ella here and then she thought maybe she should go to the army. Uh, how those two came along, we're not quite sure. And she's now during her last few months as an officer of the Australian Army. We're very proud of her. Our response was, yes. Yes, go for it. Ashley wants to be an Olympic horse rider. Our answer is How are we going to afford that? But after we say that, we say yes, go for it. You realize you're going to have to train five, six, seven days a week, even though you're 15 years old. Her answer is that's okay, let's do it. And she does. She trains and trains and works. Why? Because of the dream of what that is. There's something about saying yes that opens up doors that will never open if we go not sure too hard. I should say yes, but I just think I'll pray about it for the next 30, 40 years. And then we over-spiritualise it, don't we? And then we, we come up with all these things. And sometimes I reckon just say yes. Take the job. Buy the business. Come up with a new product. Go somewhere you've never been before. Get in rooms with people you've never met before. It opens up your world. It expands who you are. Giving God a yes is unbelievable what happens. Yeah. and I want to unpack it more and more so that was it. For me, I gave a yes on some different occasions. Here's just three. The first one is um, me standing next to a tap and that tap is in Vanuatu and we got permission to put that tap in. The, the area of uh, uh, Black Sands, is 5,000 people residing Black Sands. That's the first tap. They carried water and this is going back now, that must be 15 years ago or more. And We put in the tap. Because we put the tap in, the chief said, we want to give you some land, you can do what you want with it. So we built a community centre and housed church in there. And because that worked, the chief said, we're going to give you more land. Would you build a school? We built a school. Now there's 400 students in that school doing the Australian curriculum, being educated, and it all happened because we said, we'll put the tap in. We asked the church to help us. Would you help us? Yes. The answer was yes. And we went and did it. I was sitting there and we were planning the school. I was in a restaurant. And it was breakfast. And I had a friend of mine, Ray, from the, from church there with me. And I was doing some leadership training, some preaching, normal stuff we do, and, and, and looking at when we're going to do this school. And we met this couple next to us. They got talking to us and we're chatting away at breakfast. And I had that knowing. Ask them. And I'm arguing with myself. No, that's just me. You know, it's just the... It's just the toast talking, you know, I'm, I'm losing the plot here. But i got this, just invite them, invite them to go with you. <laughs> invite them. And I'm like, mm. I didn't invite them. They walk off. I said to Ray, oh, Ray, I feel ever felt like the Holy Ghost was nudging me to invite them to come and see what we're doing. He said, go, go and ask them. find them. Yeah, I'm going to do that. So I went to the reception, and found these people, knocked on the door. I said, I'm so sorry actually, I should have asked you. We told you all about what we're doing in Black Sands. Would you like to come and see? Yes. So we arrived there, and what we were building at this stage was a, um, the first ever toilet block. And they'll put in a septic system, and we walk up there, and this guy, Peter and Cherie, Peter the husband, walks up and goes, oh, that's not going to work. "Oh, went, why not? He goes, I've been a plumber my whole life. That's not going to work. He said, I'll tell you what, I'll give them the next few days and I'll fix it up for them. Fixed the whole system, paid for the system, did the whole lot. Cherie goes and plays with the kids. She comes back. and She goes, rejoin are you doing here? So we're putting the school in. <gasps> oh, these girls. Now, go on. Anyway, here's their deal. The reason they're in Vanuatu is they're 140, that's right, 140-foot luxury yacht." was being main, getting some maintenance done. <laughs> and so they couldn't be in the yacht in the world, so they thought they'd stay at Vanuatu for two weeks while I was getting cleaned up. She started an educational fund and funded the next years of that school development, buildings, education, the whole thing, because I said yes to God on the nudge. I was slow, but I got there. There's something about the yes. What about here? Some of you may recognize that. It's off Gold Coast. It's called Karenco. Here's a thousand and ten teenagers lining up outside um, Movie World, and we, taken me and I, taken over the uh, national youth for our denomination, and it was a conference was held once a year in Canberra, and I got up at the conference when it was handed to me as national director, and I said, Hey, why don't we move this from cold Canberra? To the Gold Coast. And everyone's like, yes. And I'm like, let's do it next year. I'll meet you all at the Gold Coast. I walk off the stage and the prophet of doom was waiting for me. They exist everywhere. And the prophet of doom, known as Mark, he came up and he says, well, that'll never work. And you can't get hosted. You can't get resorts. And no one's going to have you. And nobody wants teenagers in their hotels. And just doomsday I'm like, oh, my God, no, and I've just announced it to all these kids and they're all excited. And I said, no, we've got to make this work. So myself and the state directors, we went to Queensland, we started knocking on resort doors. Everywhere we went was a no. And I and I were I talking about it and I think Taylor was just a baby in my memory. My PA Lisa, was there. Pauline, well, he, he might have been there looking after Taylor with us. And I sent all of them away, all the state leaders. There was, everyone from, there was a state leader in the state. I said, you guys got to go. I need people who know. Yes. You got to go. And they got grumpy with me, I sent them all home. And we went and we started. I said, that's it. Stop going for the cheap resorts, we go for five star only. <laughs> And I just started knocking on these doors of five-star resorts. Hi, my name's Steve. This is what we want to do. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I think we could help you. I said, okay, well, I've only got $26 per person per night. Well, that's not going to work. <laughs> I said, yeah, like, you don't understand. We're going to bring hundreds of young people, and we're going to get them inspired and motivated to live life brilliantly, and, and we're going to give them a message of hope. And i like, okay, yep, no worries. We ended up getting 24 resorts, wow. and we had 800 young people, from 300 to 800 turn wow. up. Wow. The next year we did it again, and we went we said to Movie World, and I went and spoke at Movie World, and I said, we want to... We want to hire the whole place. And they said, we don't do that. I said, but you don't understand. We're going to have 800 young people and we're going to teach them about hope and the great things. And we want to hire the Big Brother stage and have a youth conference there. And Jürgen Patesius came and spoke at it. And we want to do that. And they said, but we don't hire it. And I said, but you've got to understand what we're trying to do. And I got all revved up and excited. They eventually said, yes. (laughs) (laughs) They gave us Movie World for three hours exclusively all Dream World, Dream World, exclusively for three hours, all the rides that the kids could have, they fed us, and then we had the concert in the and it was incredible. A yes. Yeah. There's something about when you give God your yes. Everyone say yes. 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 There's something about that. And I could talk forever and a day about these things, but okay, now let's bring some balance to this. Because when I was younger, I would give a yes to know everything. <laughs> um, and for those of you who've been young which most here at some point were young uh, you would know what I'm saying you just say yes and then you think oh maybe I shouldn't have said yes and your parents are like what did you do that for and then you go why did I do that for but I think there's something cool about youth where I reckon that's good I think you should live an adventure you should just go for it say yes just say yes to the adventures of life and see what doors God opens up for you Um, I think that's great. But as you get a little bit older, I think we do become more cautious in a good way. So I want to share with you seven things that I believe God uses for when we're making an emergency. Um, I've been using these probably for at least two decades, and they've helped me extensively at times to get out of the, you know, the inspiration of the moment to how does this really work. Now, if you are more like me, and you love um, spontaneity, yeah. please don't lose that part of you. I am still pretty spontaneous. But if you're more like my wife, Naomi, who is meticulous, and likes to work out how it's gonna happen, then those two things are great. And I hope this helps us. So we're gonna give God a yes, but we're gonna think about that for a minute. Um, Years ago, and I'm talking a long time ago. Uh, we were, I was in Geelong, and I was on my prayer walk every morning, and it's on the, the um, where all the yachts are, and I'm walking along, and I'm praying to God to give me a 40-foot luxury yacht, and I used to say I am called to the uh, to the uh, boat people. Uh, they're just that they're in the white yachts at, the, um, at Hamilton Island. I felt like that could be my space. And, and so I'm praying, God, give me a yacht, give me a yacht, give me this amazing yacht, you know, worth millions of dollars. I was young. I was a young youth pastor. I was single. I could change the world. Nothing could stop me. I was one of those guys. And, uh, and I'm going along. And then it dawned on me. I don't know how to sail it. Like if God gave me this yacht... I was windsurfing and I was and I would sail a catamaran, but I'd never sailed a forty-foot luxury yacht. So I signed up on a course in preparation for God giving me this yacht. <laughs> I never said I was a smart kid; I just was spontaneous. <laughs> and so I went and did this course. The course went for six weeks. I learned how to sail. And there was part of this thing that was amazing was how do we go through the channel out of Port Phillip Bay and and not. But you might not end up in problems. How do you get a straight line when there's no road with dots on them? Lines. Well, there's channel markers. And you keep the channel markers in the right spot. And, in fact, if you line three of the channel markers up, you'll get a straight line. And so we learned to navigate through these channels in a way that stayed away from the ships and everything was fine. It was this really important information. So I'm about to give you seven things. And what I want to say is line them up. Too often we take one and run really hard and then wonder why the wheels fall off. But when you line three or four of these up, oh, it can protect us. It really can protect us. So come with me. Let's go for it. Number one. Here we go. Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Aren't you glad that God will direct our paths? The first... Oh, turn the Secondly, James, in the same way, faith by itself is not accompanied by action, which is not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith without action is dead. I could have stood and prayed and prayed and prayed for my yacht forever and a day, but I had to be active about it. I had to do something about it. I never did get the yacht, but we did go um, to the Witch Sundays and sail. A beautiful yacht, and that was worth every minute of it. So here's the seven things inner conviction, scriptural confirmation. Prophetic confirmation, godly counsel, circumstances, provision and the peace of God. Inner conviction, that small voice of God, that knowing, that dream you have, that vision you have. When you wake up in the morning and you know that it's more than just a dream. You just know there's something in tells you. I know that I know that I know. I can't really articulate it, but I know God's saying something. Like when I was in that breakfast and I knew it was this prompting, that inner voice of God. And, and if you've been around Christendom for a while, and this is my end of my 20th year as a full-time minister, in, in a room like this, we probably have people on, on either side of the spectrum. There'll be those on this side where God tells them what to put in their sandwich for lunch, and there'll be those on this side who, when I say voice of God, what do you want about it? And there'll be everything in between. That's okay. That's all I love about God's church. We we're all we're all okay. But there's something about God's speaking to us, that inner voice, that inner conviction that I don't want us to ever lose. Those moments when you know that you know that you need to ring somebody. How often have you rang someone and go, oh, I can't believe you just rang me? In fact, it happened to me just a couple of weeks ago. I text Pastor Christian. I don't know why, I was thinking about him. Then I was praying for him. I felt like I should send him something. I sent him something and he wrote back and he said, Steve, you've got no idea what that message means to me today. It was just a moment, an inner conviction, uh, something in you. And God uses that. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Okay, the second one, scriptural confirmation. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even and dividing the sun to the soul and the spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word, it illuminates where I am now and it illuminates where I'm going in the future. What does that? His word. So when we're reading Scripture, it tells us, it shows us, it illuminates where we're going. So here's the thing. The little voice of God will never, ever, ever, ever contradict the Word of God. So if someone comes in and says, well, I've been thinking about it and God told me that I should do this, this, this and this, and you're been thinking, but the Word of God says this, this, this and this. Maybe I don't finish that sentence. But we hear that a lot as pastors. Oh, yeah, no, I'm going to do this and this and this. Yeah, but the Word of God. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, I'm okay for you to do it, but just don't blame God for it. Isn't it true? One of my favourites, pastoring. Hi, I want to know your opinion, Steve, on blah blah blah. Oh yeah? How come? Well, God told me that I should do it. Well, don't ask me about it. Oh, what what what's my opinion got to do? If God told you, please don't put me in that position. <laughs> God told me. Now you want my own opinion? You're not getting my opinion. If you come to me and say, I feel like, I feel like there's this, this unction of the spirit that perhaps God's leading me towards this and I'm looking to see what God's saying. We can have a great discussion because you've left the open door. Third, prophetic confirmation. Prophetic confirmation. Have you ever been in a meeting and you know the preacher is just preaching to you and you think, wow, he just preached or she just preached exactly what I needed to hear? Corinthians 14.3 says, But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, their encouraging, and comfort. Interesting, isn't it? I had a really controversial thought in my mind then, and I didn't say it out loud, which is showing that I'm maturing. But but I I did. In my mind, I'm thinking, "Mm, don't say that out loud. (laughs) I'm going to say it out loud because I'm not that mature. It doesn't say rebuke Anyway, I just thought I had. Mm -hmm. It says that we strengthen and we encourage and we comfort. 28 years, I've probably sat with thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people, couples, families. And even the ones that have done the worst things, the craziest things, stuff that you would never say out loud, they know. They don't need me to tell them that they're wrong. They need me to tell them how to get to Jesus. And let me just show them and lead them to a place where they can get forgiveness, repentance, and they can change their way, where they can find love and encouragement and acceptance. Because I find an environment like that, people change dramatically. I've never hated anybody to change yet. But I've loved them there. So, the fourth one. Oh, so, sorry, I'll finish with prophetic confirmation. Prophetic confirmation, that could be a sermon that you know is to you. It, so you're reading the word and it just comes alive. Someone says, hey, I was thinking about you yesterday, and they bring a word that's just so confirming and, uh, and, and amazing. You could be waiting at a prayer meeting before when you're going to preach at C3 Noosa in 2023 and the prayer intercessor prays a prayer that confirms what you've been talking to your wife about for the last two months and she knows nothing of you. Wow. Wow. And just like that, you get prophetic confirmation because up until today, I didn't have it. Wow. That's what happens. So I, I hold great strength and respect for the prophetic and I don't disregard it, but I equally don't run my life purely on it. Okay, number four, godly counsel. Oh, this usually gets people worked up. Godly counsel. God has order. God has a pattern. And he uses those who are placed in authority over us. In fact, I hope, I hope not only are they placed over us, I hope we position ourselves under them because we understand the protection that comes when we have those over our lives you can look in and go steve you've been an idiot why are you doing that stop saying that stop doing that stop thinking that you're not right that's not going to help you i need those people in my world we all need those people in our world sure. yeah. i have found the times that i've done the worst things or that I've made the worst decisions are the times i've purposely not told anybody about what i was going to do <laughs> Am I the only one that has been honest? Is what? Oh, no, you know what I mean, don't you? Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm thinking about this. And then, no, this is one thing i think, oh, I'm not going to tell anybody about that one. And they're usually the ones I get in trouble for. <laughs> like it's a poor decision, a bad decision. There's something about having people. What's the old saying? A loose cannon is dangerous. <laughs> no, it's true. When you have a cannon on a boat, and this is where the saying comes from, when you have cannons on the boat, if it's not bolted down. When they fire the cannon, the cannon flies backwards and kills somebody, puts a hole in the in the boat. A loose cannon is dangerous. That's why why we're planted. It's why we're positioned. It's why I have people over me. Because I know just me will make spontaneous crazy decisions. But when I'm under godly authority that I happily position myself under. I've got to suck my stomach in, man, when you're going to take those pictures. you got to let me know. We, we, I got distracted. you live, Mary and I, when we moved, and actually when we moved, we've moved to a place called Ballarat, which is like so cold, it's nose there sometimes. I was walking to work only like a month ago, negative four. Walking to work, my nose is going to fall off. And so uh, I've put on my, we call it the Ballarat blanket. i put, on, I put six kilos on over winter. and uh, it, It's just to survive though, it's a survival mechanism. And I get up here and I've got a really sore left calf because I've been walking 10 k's a day, <laughs> enjoying the sun. But now, anyway, move along. I get so say this. <laughs> A loose cannon is dangerous, and godly counsel has saved me on so many occasions. I want to always give God my yes, and I want to be surrounded by people who love my yes, but who are confident and wise and strong enough to give me no's. Yeah. Great idea, Steve. Bad timing. No, no, no. Today, today. When I got saved at 14, I was going to a youth group when I was 13, and then there was a youth group camp, and my friend told me if I went to the youth group camp that I'd get to kiss a girl. So I went to the youth group camp at 14, and I never did get to kiss a girl. However, what happened was at 14, at, at 2 o'clock in the morning, on the Friday night, Saturday morning, I gave my life to Jesus. And it was dramatic. It was 14. i I've been going to the youth group for a month, for, sorry, for a year, I wasn't going to become one of those nut Christians. I was at a charismatic Baptist church <coughs> I refused to become a Christian. But I always said, if I did become a Christian, I want to lift my hands when we worship. That's what I wanted to do. Because I'm a musician. So I'd play piano. Well, back then I was playing other instruments. And, and that night at 2 o'clock in the morning, a room of five other teenage guys my age, they led me to the Lord. I, 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 I gave my life to Christ. And two things happened. I asked them to sing a song with me. Um, um, it was that old song I worship you almighty God just say there's any old people here yeah. there is none like you do you remember it? Yeah. I worship you O prince of peace this is what I long to do that song and I lifted my hands and then I felt the Lord speak to me as though he was sitting next to me said, Steve, I called you to ministry. 14 years old. Sunday, went home, told my family, I got saved. I'm going to be a minister. I'm going to be a pastor, Steve. I then went and saw my minister on the Monday main appointment. Went to Simon 14, I said, Pastor Paul, I just want you to know that I gave my life to Christ on the weekend. He said, I heard that, Steve, it's fantastic. I said, yep, God's called me to be a pastor. I'm leaving school and going to Bible college. <laughs> I'm still mates with Paul and uh, 40 years later, and he still laughs about that. But but he said, that is brilliant. But you should, you should finish school first. <laughs> and then he said, now you play trumpet and you play you know, flugelhorn and da-da-da. I said, yeah. He said, you play piano? I said, no. He said, I want to lay hands on you and pray that the Holy Ghost teaches you to play piano. And then you'll be able to play in lead worship anywhere in the world at any time. And at 14, he laid hands on me and prayed that prayer. And I've never learned the piano. I've been playing piano in church all my life. It was a moment at 14. Mm-hmm. It's never underestimate what's going on with our youth, mate. Right? Yeah, so at what point are we up to? Golly, cancel. Don't miss. Okay, five. Got to go quicker. Circumstances. Because we don't like to use the word circumstances. We say God instances, we say divine moments, and I believe in all of that. But if I can just pull out that spiritual thing for a second, I think God uses circumstances, everyday stuff to get our attention, to lead us, and to direct us. If you cannot sing a note in tune, you're probably not called to be a worshiper. I don't want to offend anybody. But the circumstances are telling me, enjoy worshiping there, not up here. (laughs) If you can't work out maths, if spreadsheets don't make sense, if profit and loss is like a different language, probably don't be an accountant. (laughs) But there's just things, circumstances, right? If you love business and entrepreneurship, go for it. The circumstances says that God wired you in a way that you can see things before anybody else. You work prophetically in business in a way that can make millions and billions and squillions for you and the kingdom. Go for it. The circumstances already tell you how you're wired. Everybody say yes. Yes. We're giving God our yes, right? And this is just to protect us. But too often we neglect the idea of circumstances. Circumstances can lead us really, really strongly. And I want to encourage us today not to ignore them, but to just see them, to see how it is. It's amazing what happens with circumstances. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Oh, that's ungodly counsel. But a wise man listens to advice. Circumstances, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and, real be- and it will be given him. We need to ask God. God, I I love to travel and, and I'm wondering whether you can use me in that space because I just love it and I love to talk to people on an aeroplane. or I, You know, those circumstances are, are leading you places and I take that to my godly council and I go, what do you reckon? I go, Steve, That's you through and through. I think this is awesome. Nearly there. Provision. And my God will supply every need of yours according to whose riches? His His riches. In glory in Christ Jesus. Matthew, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will God, your Father who is in heaven, give things to those who ask him? Amen. I said that I shifted jobs. Well, the circumstances said that there was a job available that I liked the idea of, so I applied. And then when I applied, I it's in an Anglican school and I had to be accepted by the bishop, so I met and met the bishop, and he said, no, I can't have that job. And I thought to myself, self, that's not a good answer. <laughs> so off we went, and we started this journey. We went for eight months. I'm now licensed by the bishop. And I spoke at the cathedral cathedral in just a couple of weeks, spoke at it a couple of months ago um, as a spirit-filled, raving Pentecostal. But I'm not that because wisdom says behave differently in their setting. Be respectful. Appreciate I found people who are so God-loving, it's incredible, but it's nothing like how I would do it. But there's something about provision. The provision for me was there was a job and there was money. And I can feed my family. There was opportunity. I now get to speak to 2,500 people every week. Six chapel services a week. Sunday night for the borders, 300 borders. Monday, Tuesday, two on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Every week, 2,500 people. What an opportunity. Provision. There's something about provision. When God provides, not only does he open the door, he provides for you to walk through the door. And so, when there's no provision, we've got to stop and go. Hang on, God, where are you at with this? This is a difficult one because sometimes, of course, God does test. Sometimes God does want us to show more faith. He does want. I've got this thing. When I was younger, I was pretty big on it. If the door's not open; just kick it in. But that's probably <laughs> it's probably better ways to do that. But that's just the way I thought it would go. All right, the last and final one: the peace of God. If you lose your peace, stop. It's like an inbuilt security system. That everything looks right. Everything's perfect. But I've lost my peace. Don't go on when you lose your peace. I always say this if you lose your peace, find out why. Find out why. There'll be something there. Philippians says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, we guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. John says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I am thankful for the times when Naomi and I, or just one of us, have lost our peace and we said, usually Naomi saying it to me, I don't feel right about that. Uh, in 28 years of ministry, there's been times when where Naomi would say to me, you need to be careful of her. I'm like, no, 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 we just care. I'm really great. She's fantastic. No, no, no. no. You need to be careful. And down the track, you'll know why. Or we're going to make a decision and you just lose your peace. I remember going to go to a couple's house to deal with an issue, a really significant issue, and got out the front and I completely lost my peace and i was fighting with god over it and i drove off and i found out later that they had been talking that if i turned up they were going to do a b and c and none of those three things were good and i thankfully listened to the fact i've lost peace and drove off. i'm glad god uses these things to help us it's never one thing start music and I want to sing and I want to do all sorts of funny things. Oh yeah. don't want to say yes? yes? Say it with passion. Yes. yes, yes, yes. We're going to keep God our yes. We're going to dream big dreams, do big things and have a great time doing it. I think life is worth living. It's fun and exciting and brilliant and if you don't feel like that, find out why and make some adjustments. Like live life with everything that you have. There's no guarantee. I've done over 1,300 funerals. I specialize in, in, in children, homicide, and suicide. And so I've walked into over 1,300 families' houses at their worst time. Life can finish like that. I've buried kids from 26, 24, 20 week gestation through to a 104 year old. Age. We have no guarantees. Live it. What are you going to do this afternoon? It's fine. What are you going to give your yes to this afternoon? How long since you've been down the beach and just got your feet in the water? How long till you just went out for coffee for no reason at all? Oh, honestly. How long since you went on that date that you keep promising your wife you're gonna go on? Just go on it. Taylor, my man Taylor, she just bought, she buys $39 flights. Where are you going to, Taylor? It doesn't matter, the $39. Just, let's just go. Live the adventure. Live the adventure. And I want us to give God our yes. As I finish, I've felt like the Lord put on my heart something for the church. I want to share it with you as a way of it to be considered and judged and thought through and prayed about. You know, I've had this picture of the yacht. Just go to the next slide maybe he would have it, would it? Yeah. And the picture I had was that C3 Noosa had that main sail, the one with the ribs through. Most yachts sail with that. And the word that i had was that that there's a shift in the direction of the wind <clears throat> and that for next year on you're going to need to reset your sails i feel like the holy ghost is going to blow from a different direction and what i saw was Pastor Melissa, was this i saw you pulling up the second sail because <laughs> the boat goes a whole lot faster when there's two sails but more than that, I saw them let the sail out, and the big spinnaker that goes out the front came up. And you're running downwind, and the boat flies when you're going downwind. And I just saw all the sails were in bloom. It was like it was like takeoff. And I can't describe it in the natural, but that's what I saw in the spiritual. I was walking along; all the sails were up, not one, not two, but three. And you're running with the wind, but there, there, there's a shift. I didn't see a new boat. I didn't see sails being taken down. It was an addition. It's like what you're doing is great, but there's this next breath of God that is just going to see a different place. So I leave that with you. Let us pray. Father, bless you today. Lord, I thank you that in this room are people who are bold, who hear your voice. Lord, I pray we give you our yes. Even when we don't always understand, even when we're not completely sure.